You're listening to the Hello Awesome Podcast, and this is episode number 62. Here we are back together again, my friends. I really do love having this platform to connect with your heart. I've received so much feedback this past year since the podcast launched, and one of the biggest requests that I get is more episodes about motherhood. Well, today is your lucky day, my mama friends. I chat with the lovely Mandy Bowen. You might know her as mbs.hairwithstyle on Instagram, where she shares her modest fashion and hair tutorials. In this episode, though, Mandy gets real with me as we talk about mental health and her journey through postpartum depression, something we actually have in common. While the topic is very much geared towards mothers, I highly recommend you listen, even if you're not one. We dive deep into mental health and how we can help each other get through the hard times. Mandy speaks such life into this subject, and I know that you will be encouraged by her words, whether you are a mother or not. Courage to keep going through the stormy seasons of life and to remind us all that we are not alone. So here we go. Let's begin. This is episode number 62 that I am calling Hope for the Wearing Mom with Mandy Bowen. You're listening to the Hello Awesome Podcast. I'm JC, and this is the place where we get real, sharing truthful insights that will encourage us to make intentional choices in both life and business. I want to start conversations that not many young Christians today are having. Will you join me? Before we get to why you're here, let me share two special deals with you from some friends of mine. The Hello Awesome podcast wants to welcome back our sponsor, Nuggles, for a new season. Through affordable, modest fashion, Nuggles aims to provide beauty with comfort. From dresses to slip skirts, modesty doesn't have to sacrifice style. Hello Awesome listeners can use the exclusive 10% discount code by using Hello Awesome 10 during checkout. Head to Nuggles.us to browse their full collection today. Again, that's N-U-G-G-L-E-S dot U-S to shop high-quality products to add to your modest wardrobe today. Do you firmly believe that our relationship with Jesus should impact every part of our lives, including the clothes that we wear? We do too, and so do our friends over at The Modest Poppy. If you're ready for casual wear that's high-quality for the modern Christian girl— Use their special discount code TMP20 for 20% off your next order at themodestpoppy.com. You can be a witness for Jesus just by what you wear. So take advantage of these special offers from our incredible sponsors right now. Do you struggle with finding the time to be alone with God? How about trying to get your mind focused on what to pray or even how to start reading your Bible? Girl, you are not the only one. And my new devotion guide, Get the Fire Back, will take you by the hand, virtually of course, and show you what has worked for me. Together, we will go back to simple principles concerning devotion. You will get practical tips, insights, and mini lessons that you can use right away. I define what devotion even is, break down the basics of prayer, and give you ways to connect with the word, even if life is busy. That's right, mamas, I see you. It is my prayer that this guide will bring that spark back to your devotion. Scripture says iron sharpens iron. Well, I say match lighteth match. Let me help you ignite that flame and get the fire back. Available in the Hello Awesome shop for just $5 as a quick PDF download, you will be able to read this guide anywhere on any device. I'll put a link in the show notes for you. And don't forget to grab yours today so you can shine right now. Oh, and Hello Awesome Reward members will receive the Get the Fire Back Devotion Guide for free. It's one of the many perks of being part of our exclusive program. Not a rewards member? Well, for as little as $2 a month, I will exchange your ministry support with incredible benefits not found anywhere else not just for the podcast, but everything Hello Awesome, like early access to podcast episodes, free digital copies of any current and future books that I write, PDF Bible study notes from the solo shows, including all of the Back to the Basics studies, and of course, so much more. 
You also get super awesome perks just for signing up. Just go to patreon.com forward slash hello awesome. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com forward slash hello awesome to become a hello awesome member today or click the link in the show notes. And one more thing before I forget. Did you know that my books, The Palace Keepers and The Glitter Effect are available as an ebook and paperback on Amazon? Super cool, right? All you have to do is just search for the titles and add them to your next Amazon order and you can have one of my books in your hands in just a few days. How awesome is that? Head to the show notes for a direct link to visit my Amazon author page. Hey everyone, we are back on the Hello Awesome podcast with a new guest, and I am so very thrilled. Mandy, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. I am really excited. Can you please share with us who you are, what you do, and where people might know you from? Hey, JC. Thank you so much for having me. I am such a huge fan of this podcast, and I'm so excited. Um, My name is Mandy Bowen. I'm a full-time clinical coder. Um, I'm a full-time mommy to two under two. I have two wild boys, Roman and Henry. I'm a full-time wife. This June will be five years married to the absolute love of my life. My husband and I are student pastors at our church, so we're heavily involved in ministry. So our plates are pretty full at the moment, um, but most people know me from Instagram as uh, MBS Hair with Style, where I share modest fashion inspiration and the occasional hair tutorial. Yes, amazing. That is definitely where we met. I'm pretty sure every guest on here I start with, I met her on Instagram. (laughs) Yeah, that's great. Yeah, and I love that. I love that you share just so much of your life and of course your your style and um you know we'll we'll kind of dive into that right now i wanted to know um you have such a love for modest fashion and hair and that's evident when we look at your account and you just beam like you just shine when you share it i could tell you have just so much passion about it and i wanted you to just walk us through how you got started sharing your style and sharing you know hair on social media Yeah, so I first started posting hair tutorials on Facebook, and that really took off. People started sharing it, and I just kept getting a lot of requests for more, and um, I just kept doing it strictly on Facebook. And then after I had Roman, my first baby, um, I just really wanted something for myself, you know. Um, I just felt like my whole identity was being Austin's wife or being Roman's mom, which those mm-hmm. are the greatest titles that I could have. Sure. But I just felt like being swept up in the new role as a mother, that I really just needed a hobby for myself. And I wanted to create my own sort of identity. So I took to Instagram and I just started sharing my outfits and hair tutorials on there. And it just grew and grew. And now I work with boutiques and businesses from all over the United States. And it's become really an outlet for me and even an added source of income for my family. So that is awesome. Um, I've been able to really meet some incredible people like yourself, like you mentioned through Instagram. And it's just been an incredible journey for me. And it's something that I just can call my own. And I guess that's really why I wanted to get it started. And plus, like you said, I am so passionate about sharing modesty Um, I know that sometimes it can be a little tricky to find cute, modest clothes. So I always try to tag like where I find them. So other people, other women out there can, you know, shop at these places and without having to search for hours and hours on the internet. So I just try to make it a little bit easier for everybody and just show people how to style different pieces and stuff. So it's a lot of fun. It really is. I really enjoy it. Well, it's a lot of fun for I mean, I'm just speaking for myself, but it is a lot of fun just for me, like watching, uh, you know, you evolve and just seeing the different brands that you work with and seeing how you style certain things. It actually is very encouraging for me, you know, being a wife and a mom. 
who is at home yeah. as well. And I think it's just so cool because it's, it's like inspiring because like you'll, you'll wear something and post it instead of like comparing, I'm almost like, Oh, that's such a good way to match those two pieces. I would have never thought of that. Maybe I'll try it. And I think that's just such a fun, positive way to use social media. Yeah. Thank you so much for saying that. That's, that really makes me feel good about like what I post and stuff. I really like that. So I did want to know, because I have a lot of young ladies who listen to the podcast, they send me different messages, and, um, and I know some of them are struggling in this area of modesty, and I'm pretty sure they might be a follower of yours as well. So I wanted to know, could you give one piece of advice to a young lady who's struggling in her modest journey? What would you say to her? I would tell her to just be unapologetically you. Um, I was the only Pentecostal in my school when I was a teenager. So I was the only girl in my, in my school who wore a skirt. And so it was tough. I stuck out like a sore thumb. Um, but I just found ways to make the skirt and make the dress my best accessory. Modesty doesn't have to be drab. And there's a lot of cute modest clothes out there. You just have to look for them. But seriously, just embrace your modesty and make it your own style and just fall in love with it. You know, don't fight it, but work with it. Um, Make modesty a part of who you are, not only in your outward appearance, but also in your inward self. And once you embrace it, you'll just fall in love with it. And it'll just be like second nature to you. And you won't even notice the fact that you are the only one like in in your school that's wearing a skirt or you're the only one in the grocery store wearing a skirt. Like it won't even like register whenever you truly just embrace it and just make it like, like I said, make it your best accessory and just own it. Like just be unashamed and just be you and people will respect you for it. And you'll fall in love with yourself too when you do that. Yeah, a hundred percent. I really love that because as somebody who actually has not been uh, brought up in the church and I came to the Lord late in life, I should say later, as far as past teen, Mm -hmm. the teenage years, I was about 22. So when I was starting my modest journey, it was the same thing. It was very overwhelming. I didn't know what to find that was cute or flattering, especially being a small, petite person. I think sometimes when you're on the smaller side, everything can seem like bigger and bulkier and more matronly. So it was very diff. It was very difficult for me, still trying to be youthful and be modest, and then having to right. hear. I had a lot of people say many different things about me, and um, you know, wanting to be modest. And it had. It really had to come down with to, like you said, I really had to make it my own, and I really mm-hmm. had to understand why. Like, why was I doing this? I wasn't doing right. this. For other- I'm doing this because this is what God has placed in my heart that was the right thing to do. And there was something that I knew that I had to do. It was like I had a crossroads. I could either follow the Lord and stick out or try blending in and be convicted about it. <laughs> you know? And right. I, yes. I felt like uh, if I didn't stand my ground then, then my witness for other things wouldn't be important to people. Right. It's not not that we feel like clothes are this super, you know, like maybe having a hell issue. Maybe it is for somebody Mm -hmm. because it could be a heart thing, but it's almost like the first thing that somebody sees about you and your image and who you represent. And if it's something totally different that they can't put their finger on, but it glorifies God, it'll open the door to more questions. They'll be asking about other things. They'll be asking about your church, asking about who God is. They'll be asking about what's baptism, what's the Holy, you know, like uh, so many different things. We don't know what door of modesty can actually open. Right. That is so true. Mm -hmm. Now, I love your heart. Obviously, I love your passion about all of these things. And it really is just such an encouragement, I think, for all of us. And uh, not just fashion, though. I know that there are a lot of other things that you've shared on your Instagram and that's motherhood. And I love when you share about your little boys, they are so cute. And obviously I'm a mom too. So I always have a little um, 
sensitive spot in my heart for boy mamas because I know how the game goes. I know how the adventure is every day. Um, Right. (laughs) So I want to know what has been one thing that has surprised you about motherhood? Oh gosh, you want me to really just name one? (laughs) (laughs) Just one Um, if you can. (laughs) Probably the thing that has surprised me the most about this whole journey is just how hard it actually is (laughs) and how much it just changes you as a person. Like I am not the same person that I was two years ago whenever I first had Roman. I mean, not only does it change you physically, but it changes you emotionally and mentally and even spiritually. It's just insane. It is a wild ride and it teaches you something new every single day. It is the most beautiful thing that, I don't know, it's just the most beautiful thing. That's, that's all I could say. And the thing that has surprised me the most is just how hard it is and how much it changes you. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, And I think all the moms are nodding their head out there saying, amen. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I know that for me, when I was growing up, I was the oldest of most of the cousins, um, especially on uh, the girls. We had a lot of girl cousins. And so I had three older boy cousins who were kind of like brothers to me. And then I was one of the oldest girls. So it, it was very difficult for me to, to relate to little, little, little children, especially babies, because I was never really around that growing up. We were all around right. the same age and we were you know, we were driving our parents nuts together. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so it wasn't until I started hanging around my, uh, my husband, when we started dating, I was hanging around his family and seeing how his sisters treated their children and talking to them. And that's when I realized like, wow, children are just so special. You can, you can talk to them. It was just, just mind boggling to me. But then obviously when you have your own, you're like, okay, this is a lot harder than it looks. Right. <laughs> but I definitely understand it stretches you and it, and it pushes you to different limits and different yeah. levels that you never th- knew that you could even go. And if it is in the plan for you to be a mom, it is such an encouraging look into how God looks at us. Don't you think? Yeah. Like how the Lord must yes. look at us. And wow, God, you are just so patient with me. <laughs> Now, uh, one thing that we talked about before we started recording and how as we were getting ready to record this podcast and we were sending messages back and forth, you shared something with me that I actually relate with and I really wanted to talk about that today, that we both suffered from postpartum depression after our second born. And so can you walk us through how that kind of unfolded for you and the moment that you knew that it was something more? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm just going to try to start from the beginning, I guess. Um, Mm -hmm. When I, when I had Roman, my first boy, it was such a beautiful and empowering experience for me. Like after I had him, I just honestly felt like superwoman. Like I felt like there was nothing that I couldn't do. Like I just brought life into this world, you know, like I just, I don't know, like I'd found a new strength that in myself that I didn't know was there. And um, I started my blog. I just felt so good. I had this confidence about me and everything. It was just, it was great. Um, But whenever I had Henry, that was a totally different experience that absolutely rocked my world. And honestly, it just broke me in every way. So it was definitely nothing like the first experience that I had. And I was totally caught off guard and I was not prepared for it at all. Um, I was about five weeks postpartum. I was just adjusting to having the two babies, you know, just trying to juggle everything. And I thought I was doing good, honestly, but gosh, was I fooling myself. Um, It was just a regular day. My husband and I were eating supper and Henry began to cry. And for some reason, his crying in that moment just triggered me and it just sent me into a full-blown panic attack. And I had never had one before. And honestly, I thought I was dying. 
Um, my husband, oh, wow. he was so scared. Yeah. I mean, I laugh about it now, but I mean, then it was like so intense and so serious. Mm-hmm. Um, my husband was so scared. He called the ambulance and they come to our, they came to our house and they put me on oxygen and they just did everything they could to get me to just calm down and just kind of get back to, you know, planet earth. Um, I mean, and that whole entire experience was just the start of it all. And it, I don't know, I, I can say to this day, I still am not the same since that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and the next day, my husband called my OB and told him what had happened. And their immediate response was, it's postpartum anxiety and postpartum depression, and she needs to be put on the medicine like today. And um, that just broke my heart. <laughs> You know, um, growing up in the church, there's kind of a stigma about taking antidepressants. And I was just like, if I take these, you know, that means that I've just lost my faith in God. You know, that was just kind of how I was brought up. But that is so wrong. Like, that is just so opposite. You know, like when you're sick, you go to the doctor and you get on antibiotics and you're not ashamed to take, you know, that amoxicillin. You know, mm-hmm. so why should we feel any different or why should we feel ashamed to take an antidepressant? You know, I thought it would make me weak. Um, I honestly thought in that moment, whenever he prescribed me that, like, I just felt like I had failed at everything. Like, it honestly made me more depressed knowing that I had to take a pill to even function and to be able to raise my kids. Um, and I tried several different medications before we finally found the one that really worked for me. And that whole process was really trying to, um, I think we actually went through four different medicines before we found one that worked. Mm -hmm. And with each new medication that they would give me, it just made me feel even worse. Like I was beginning to lose hope. I was like, Mm -hmm. you know, there's no medicine out there. There's no there's no light at the end of the tunnel, you know, like I just, I just continued to feel worse. And at the same time, I'm trying to raise a newborn and take care of a one-year-old and go to work full time and be a wife and be a youth pastor's wife. You know, I just, I don't know. It was just so rough those first couple months, but honestly, whenever we found the right medicine, life instantly got easier and, Um, It didn't mean that I lost my faith in God. You know, it meant that I was Mm -hmm. using one of the resources that he's given us to help with these sort of things. Mm -hmm. And um, I also went through several weeks of therapy. That helped me as well. Um, That was a really, that was kind of one of my lowest moments. Again, uh, whenever I started therapy, Um, I did that whenever we were going through the different medicines And I kind of just started it as, you know, like a last option. Like I was so desperate Mm -hmm. because none of the medicines were working and I was just at my lowest point. And I remember, and I'm so ashamed to tell the story, but I really feel like it's it's an important one to share. Um, I remember I'd made my appointment and I had walked in there and I was in the waiting room and I just looked around the room, and again, this is so shallow, and this is so embarrassing to admit, but I looked around the room, and I was like, you know, I don't belong here. Like, I'm not supposed to be in this same, like, category of people that's in this room. You know, Mm -hmm. like, I was just judging them, and I just wanted to just, like, burst in tears and just run out. You know, because I just felt so embarrassed. And I was like, what if somebody drives past this place and sees my car? You know, like I was just, mm-hmm. I was just so embarrassed. And I was being so rude and so judgmental towards these people. And since all of this has, has transpired, I have like such a love in my heart now for individuals who are battling with mental illness of any kind like my heart just goes out to them I'm able to understand them better and like like I said like I'm so ashamed to admit that that was where my head was at that my that was my view on mental health and I'm so thankful that I do not have that viewpoint at all anymore towards mental health and mental illness because it is a real thing 
and it is nothing to be ashamed of or embarrassed of. And so I'm really glad that through this experience, I'm able to look at people with a more compassionate heart and with a more understanding heart and a loving heart. And I think that was one of the biggest lessons um, and one of the biggest takeaways that I have taken from this experience. Um, but anyways, I just kind of chased the rabbit down the road there. But um, the therapy, it was a very humbling experience. And like I said, I have such a huge um, respect for people who do seek therapy as an option because it is so helpful. I was able to learn some techniques to help me whenever I did start to feel anxious again. So um, I definitely recommend therapy. You know, there's no shame in it whatsoever. Um, and of course, I had the prayers of my family and my church family as well. Um, it was a time that I really leaned on God more than I ever had. And my relationship with God grew so much stronger because of it. You know, I lost friendships during this time and I gained friendships during this time. Um, it was such a dark time in my life, but also a time in my life where I think that I've honestly grown the most as a person. I learned who was there for me and who wasn't. Um, I, and I was shown so much love and compassion from people that I considered to be acquaintances or even strangers. And I was shown who my true friends were and who was willing to stick by me. Um, so my circle definitely got smaller, but then it got bigger and it was mm -hmm. replaced with true genuine people that helped me so much. And so overall, just to kind of bring this to a head, um, I'm just so thankful for my journey because of the growth that came from it. Even though it was extremely painful, um, I now have a testimony to share and I'm able to help others who may be dealing with the same things. And I'm able to reach them and talk to them and understand maybe somebody, maybe better than somebody else who hasn't had, who hasn't went through this. I'm just so glad for every lesson that I've learned, for every struggle, um, for every dark moment. I'm even thankful for the dark moments because I, I was able to learn so much from them. And um, it, this whole situation, looking back at it now, it was just a blessing in disguise. And I am so thankful for it. Wow. I am, I am also thankful because through this testimony, you are now being able to use it for his glory. And just thank you so much for being vulnerable and sharing that. I know that's not easy to do. And I'm just so grateful that you, you know, decided to, to share that with us. Yeah, I hope so. That would be, that would be my ultimate goal is that somebody is, that they can relate to this and that it really gives them that extra little push that they need to get through the season of their life that they're in right now. Right. And seeing as you guys are student pastors, how just rich is this perspective now in your ministry? Right. So can you share with us one thing that helped you be positive and hopeful during the difficult times? I know it was very, very challenging, but was there one thing that helped you stay positive? Um, the biggest thing that helped me, I would have to say, would be my husband. Um, he was my rock through this whole experience, and it really brought us closer together. One of my biggest fears was that he was just going to lose his faith in me, you know, that he wouldn't mm -hmm. see me as the super wife or super mom anymore because I was struggling so much. Um, and that wasn't the case at all. Um, he was the one behind me saying, you know, I'm proud of you for taking the medicine. You know, I'm proud of you for um, taking the jump and going to therapy. I'm proud of you for, I mean, he was just such a big encourager and he didn't, he didn't make me feel belittled um, because that was one of my biggest fears. Cause you know, it's, that's your spouse. You know, yeah. I was so afraid that he was just going to think that, wow, this is not the woman that I married, you know? And that was one of my biggest fears. But like I said, that wasn't the case at all. He pushed me, like I said, he encouraged me. And he thanked me. He thanked me for taking the time to, you know, take care of myself. And um, that was just so helpful. Um, so definitely the support of my husband. Friends and family was the biggest encouragement as well. 
And there is so much power in a simple act of kindness. I wanted to throw this in there. I know you said one thing, but I'm actually going to say two things. So my husband was the first thing. And the second thing that I remember most looking back at this that stood out to me the most was the simple acts of kindness that people would show to me during this time. Um, only a, a few of my closest friends and family really knew about it because, you know, when you're in the heat of the moment, when you're in the heat of the battle, you don't tell anybody, you know, you just kind of keep it all into yourself and stuff. Like I said earlier in answering one of your questions, I was shown so much love and compassion from people that I considered acquaintances or even strangers. Um, mm -hmm. I would show up to work and, you know, people could just tell, you know, they could tell a difference. Like I was a lot more quieter and, um, you know, I just wasn't the same. And like I said, I am ever since that day that I had the panic attack, I, I mean, it still affects me to this day. You know, I'm not the same person that I was. So whenever I came back from maternity leave after six weeks, you know, people could tell and I didn't have to say anything. People knew and um, they would just leave me like sweet little cards for my desk just out of nowhere. Mm. And the, that would just make me cry my eyes out. Like the fact that a person went out of their way, they've seen the need and they went out of their way to try to put a smile on my face. Like that was the most beautiful thing to me. And it just blew me away. Like, wow, people notice me. Cause you know, whenever you're in, whenever you're battling depression, um, it makes you feel isolated. It makes you feel like nobody loves you. I mean, you know, like, you know what I'm saying? And mm -hmm. so, whenever you're in that mindset of whenever the devil is telling you, you know, you know, like the world would be better without you, the world doesn't need you. And, you know, you're just failing your blah, 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 blah. Whenever the enemy is whispering mm -hmm. this stuff and whenever you're dealing with these thoughts, whenever somebody takes that time to acknowledge you and do something for you, that is just huge. And that impacted me so much. Even church people, um, like, I mean, people knows, I mean, if, if you look hard enough at somebody and if you are praying for God to, you know, God, show me what, what I can do for somebody today, God will lay that on your heart. And that happens mm -hmm. so many times as well. Church members would just leave me a card on my pew or they would just come up and just give me a hug, you know, people. And like I said, acquaintances, people that I wouldn't even talk to because like our church is very big and we run around three to 400 people. So I don't get a chance to go talk to everybody in a single service. And so people that I normally wouldn't talk to, they would just come and they would just sit next to me and just strike up a conversation. And that helped me out so much. If you know anybody, anybody that's listening right now, if you know of somebody who just had a baby or just lost a loved one, or I don't know, just if you just feel like a tug in your heart for a certain person, take five or $10, go to the store, get a card, get some candy and just slip it to them some way. And I promise you that will impact them more than you will ever know. Um, I, I just cannot stress that enough because that helped me out so much on the days that I thought I just couldn't give no more. That would be the days that I would receive something like that. Like it was totally a God thing. And that just touched me so much and it gave me that extra push yeah mandy thank you so much that was amazing and i'm gonna echo you because that was actually right there is the support of my husband and just the help that he provided during that time for me as well i think it's very important when you're going through something like mental illness or you have this season of depression or anxiety, whatever it is. I think it's just really important, no matter who you are, whether you're married or not, to just not isolate yourself. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Especially whenever it's somebody that you really look up to, like a spouse or a certain family member or something, having them backing you and having them encouraging you, it makes a world of a difference. Mm -hmm. And for me, a month into... I would say you said five weeks postpartum. That was probably, I was probably about four weeks postpartum when I broke my foot. I oh, broke no. my foot. Yes. And I had never broken a bone in 
the 20 plus years of my life up until that point. And it was something dumb. I was wearing flip flops and I just stepped off of the landing onto my, uh, our front deck. And I just stepped on my foot wrong wearing flip flops. It was nothing heroic at all. And, (laughs) uh, yeah, it was just the way I had stepped. And, uh, the doctor said, yep, actually flip flop injuries are probably high on the list for breaking your foot, which I never knew. But being a mom, a new mom of two was not the way I wanted to find that out. And so I think that right there sent me into kind of this tunnel thing because I I was just like you, like you said, I was gung-ho. I was like, yeah, I could do this. Come on, let's go. Like I was feeling positive. I was feeling, feeling great. I didn't feel heavy at all. I really wasn't feeling negative. I, f- I felt like my optimistic self, right? And I felt so good. Yeah. I, was, I was taking care of my son who was about three at the time or he was going to turn three. And then I was taking care of the baby and he, everything was fine. And then I think it was when he just wouldn't sleep because he started teething really early. And then I had a broken foot. So I had to do everything one-legged, you know. Oh, my gosh. I think that really oh did it for me. Imagine. <laughs> yeah, I honestly, I probably should have taken medicine. I'm not gonna lie. I probably should have for my foot <laughs> and for my brain. But oh lord. I have to say, my husband was just so amazing. And there was one night that I, when I had my breakthrough, it was m- months had passed, and um, he was just so supportive and so sweet. He was. He was downstairs and he had the monitor on so that he could hear hear upstairs in the bedroom. So if he heard it going a little bit too long, he would kind of come upstairs to help out. He wanted to keep an ear out to make sure that, you know, I, if I needed help, he would be there. And um, I remember one thing just went to my mind as I was rocking my, my son. And, and then I, I stood up and started pacing around the room where he just would not stop crying. And he was miserable. I was miserable. And I said, God, either this is going to send me out of your hands and I'm going to be unsaved and lost, or I'm just going to collapse right here at your feet and just ask you, Lord God, you need to do something right now. (laughs) Right. Oh, my God. When I said that, I felt the Holy Ghost swoop into that room so fast I felt such just just his presence so strong I we I wept I just wept and wept and wept I started speaking in tongues and praying my husband downstairs thought I had snapped (laughs) oh my god (laughs) he said she he he literally said I thought you were done and I ran upstairs because I thought I'm going to have to swoop in and save this child probably. And, and he said he swooped in and he opened that door so fast. And when he saw my face, that's when he knew that it was going to be okay because he said that there was peace there. And I looked at him and I smiled. And he's, and it was like the first time I had actually like really smiled <laughs> genuinely for a long time. And I'm not saying wow. it was, it was cakewalk after that. Obviously it, it was still kind of a struggle, but ever since that moment, whenever I was having an issue or even at nighttime, whenever I was struggling, I just knew if I just called on the Lord instantly, I would feel his presence and I'd be so calm. But you know, that doesn't happen all the time. I am blessed that that happened for me, but that doesn't happen all the time. And so if there is something that we must do to make sure that we're taken care of and that, that we are doing what we need to do, whether it's medicine, whether it's therapy, because that was honestly, that was on the horizon for me. I was definitely not ashamed to do those things. Um, but you're right. There is this stigma. And I feel like if there's something that we need to do, we have to do it. 
there we cannot be foolish. There's doctors, there's scientists who have been given these talents to, you know, bring forth products to help us. And I think we need to be discerning, but we don't need to be shameful about it. And so I'm really grateful right. that you shared your story because I think I think that is something that we're learning, especially this last year. Uh, I think the church really is trying to break that stigma. You know, I want to know, do you think that we as a church can actually do better reaching out to overwhelm mamas? Well, I mean, absolutely. There's always room for in- improvement in, in any situation. Um, I definitely believe that we could do better. Um, and some ways that we could do better is, you know, a lot of women feel alone and they do feel embarrassed. So do like what I'm doing right now, just share your story because it can help so many other people. Mm -hmm. So if you are a woman listening right now, and if you have struggled with depression, whether it be postpartum or whether it just be, you know, just normal depression or anxiety or just any mental health issues, share your testimony, share your story and your journey, because that alone can help so many other people. And I mean, the Bible even talks about we're overcomers through the word of our testimony. So um, share your testimony that could help. This is kind of not a really like encouraging way, but um, open up a nursery in your church that would help out so much. Um, I know for me, church has really become such a chore. Um, I mean, like I said, I have a two-year-old and Henry is fixing to be one next month in May. So um, church for me, I don't really get anything out of the church service these days Mm -hmm. um, because really I'm just out in the foyer or, um, you know, I'm wrestling with the boys, trying to keep them quiet, constantly in and out of the church service. And Honestly, in that time of my life, I needed church the most, you know, I needed just me in God's presence the most. I just needed, my soul needed fed, my mind needed fed, and I just wasn't getting it because being the, I was fulfilling the role as a mother during church time, and I just really wasn't getting what I needed during that time. So um, I definitely recommend if your church is available to open up a nursery, uh, bring it to the board, bring it to your pastor and see if that is something that you can look into because that alone um, will help so much. And just being compassionate as a whole, um, like I said, I have to do many walks of shame out <laughs> to the foyer with a screaming yeah. baby. Um, mm. So just don't give that mother a dirty look as she's walking out for the umpteenth time. Um yeah. I mean, just showing just compassion and just working on um, not being judgmental if they are seeking um, other options like therapy or medicine, just not being judgmental and just being with them and just praying for them. Um, really, those are the, the, the key things that I would think that we could do better at and just offering our help and offering our support to that mom or to that young mom or the older mom, just whoever needs it, just pray that God would give you the eye to see the need, and um, He'll He'll show you if you if you're sensitive enough, He will show you, and um, just act upon it and do what you can to help. And just you know, we're all in this together, all of us mamas. We are in this together. We are all in the struggle bus together at yeah. times. So just just be there for each other and. Um, you know, just that's all I can say. Just be there for them a little bit better. Absolutely. Yeah, those are some great, great uh, tips. And of course, advice for those who maybe, you know, are on the outside looking in. I, I think that's very encouraging. Um, now, you've shared so much just inspiration right now. And, uh, you know, I'm just so grateful for you just sharing your story. And I wanted you to just take a couple minutes. And just tell us, what would you say to the tired mother who might be listening right now, who feels like she's struggling to survive motherhood day by day, and is just in such a heavy emotional season? Oh my goodness. I wish I could just jump through this phone and give you a hug. 
Hmm. I would say you are not alone. Um, there are a gazillion other moms out there right now as we speak that feel the exact same way that you do. Um, you're not broken and you're not doing it wrong. That was something that I always ask myself. Like, I'm just, I must be doing it wrong because, mm-hmm. you know, Susie over here looks like she's got it all together, you know? Um, so no, you're not doing it wrong. And if you do feel this way, if you are exhausted and um, if you are on the struggle bus, you are doing it the right way. <laughs> Cut yourself some slack. Gosh, girl. Uh, you're raising life, you're managing a household, you are it, okay, you are super mom, and most importantly, make time for yourself, and just take a break, and I know right now, during the pandemic, um, you're probably stuck at home with all of your children, and you are probably just ready to lose your mind, hang in there, and just make some time, ask your husband, say, look, I need some time alone right now. Please take care of yourself. Um, And if you can't do it for yourself, do it for your children and do it for your husband. They deserve the best version of you. They don't deserve a rundown, cranky version. Um, So find you a sitter. Let your husband watch the kids. Go on a long walk. Take a long bath. Do your thing. you know, just make that time for yourself. That is something that is so important just to kind of recharge. Um, and it's so easy to lose your identity when you do become a mother. So take some, take some time to find you again, you know? Yeah, just take some time to find your purpose again and find who you really are. You're doing a great job and just don't tell yourself any different. And most importantly, you are so not alone because like I said, um, there are thousands of moms out there right now that feels the exact same way that you do. So just keep your head up and take a break and recharge and go back at it strong because you got this. Love that. Love that for sure. Now for you, Mandy, right now, life looks a little different um, than before the boys are growing up and they're bonding. We talked a little bit about that before we started recording And hopefully you're feeling a little bit more yourself, at least the new you, right? Motherhood changes us. So a different perspective after your experience. Is there a scripture that's been giving you encouragement lately? Yeah. You know, that's so funny um, that you say that because I was actually telling my husband just the other day that it feels like the fog has lifted and that everything is kind of slowly getting into a new normal so I feel like the first four months of Henry's life, I was just kind of like on autopilot, and they were such a blur. So I am just soaking in every second with my boys, and I do post them a lot on my Instagram stories, probably more than I should, and people will probably get tired of seeing them, but um, I just have such an appreciation now for the time that I do get to spend with them and actually just enjoy it and actually be happy to make these memories with them. So it's been amazing. Um, But back to your question about what verses have really helped me. um, Two really come to mind, and that's Isaiah 41 and 10. And it says, fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, I will help you, and I will uphold you with my righteous hand. That one um, was huge for me. That really helped me. And then 2 Corinthians, 12, 9, and 10, um, it says, but he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me for the sake of Christ. Then I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities, for when I am weak, then I am strong. That one was a huge help for me. It just, for my power is made perfect in weakness. You know, it was just really God showing me that when I am weak, his strength just takes over. I don't know if that, that the power may rest upon him. Like it was just every single aspect of that scripture, whenever I broke it down 
it just really helped me and really pushed me. So I really enjoyed those scriptures. And also music. Music was a big um, help for me. There's so many encouraging songs out there that I would just play on repeat. And um, that was a good uh, encouragement for me as well. Yeah, I love those verses. And definitely music, especially when you're in a season where, like you said, it's, it feels like a fog. It's just yes. encouraging to put on positive music that access yes. your prayer. So then your heart is praying the words that you're hearing. Yes, absolutely. Like Psalms um, 23, that song, oh my gosh. Yes. That just helped me out so much. I would just turn mm-hmm. that song on and I would just sob. <laughs> like I just loved that song so much. That was such a great, um, a great thing for me to just sit there and just listen to that song. Yeah. Mandy, you are just truly beautiful, seriously, inside and out. I am just so thankful for you and your willingness to share your story with us. I'm thankful for the conversation that we have been having. And I mean, honestly, I feel like I could talk to you the rest of the night. It's just, oh, it's just been so encouraging. Oh, I feel the same way. I have absolutely loved this. And like you said, we could just talk. I feel like I've known you my entire life. (laughs) Well, I definitely know that I have been blessed by this conversation. And I, I definitely, I definitely can predict that those listening also are going to be blessed as well. Can you please just take a minute to share where we can follow you on social media? Yeah, um, my Instagram handle is mbs.hairwithstyle, and then I have a Facebook page um, that is just titled hairwithstyle, and that is where all of my hair tutorials are posted because I wasn't able to get them all transferred to Instagram, so all of the hair tutorials that I've ever made is on the Facebook page, Hair With Style. And um, I'm definitely more active on the Instagram account just because I don't have really time to make hair tutorials anymore. But um, so I definitely share more um, of my outfits and stuff like that on my Instagram. I try to post every day. So yeah, you can just follow me on Instagram, add me a friend on Facebook, follow my Facebook page, stuff like that. Well, thank you so much, Mandy, for being on the podcast. Well, thank you so much for having me. I have thoroughly enjoyed this whole experience and um, you've been just such a joy to interact with and talk with and I just hope and pray that whoever may be listening right now is just inspired and encouraged and um, if you need somebody to talk to just message me on Instagram and I will be your listening ear and I will definitely send you some encouragement your way. I love meeting new people and um, yeah, I just, I love it. And I love um, helping others. So if you need me, I'll be there for you, girl. (laughs) If you found this episode inspiring or helpful, would you take a screenshot of it and share it on your Instagram stories? tagging me at Hello Awesome Ministries. It will encourage me that you were blessed. Also, don't forget to leave a review and subscribe so you can tune into future episodes. To learn more about Hello Awesome, head to helloawesomeministries.com. Until next time, keep your chin up, beautiful.